All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Storylines. Um, for team offense, no shutouts in week one. So uh, that'll be my uh, opening uh, opening volley. Uh, we know it's not going to last, but uh, for one week, there was no shutouts in the NHL. Frank, what, did uh, anything grab you in the first seven days of the season? I always enjoy the biggest overreactions from the league. Like, you know, different fan bases get riled up at different things. And look, I get it. Um, everyone wants to get off to a good start. But in this case, the overreactions are a bit fun. All right, what's your biggest overreaction? I, I don't know that I've seen one in particular. I, I think there's been some concern, and some of it has been fair, about goaltending in some markets. You know, and, and I'm excited to get uh, our next guest on the pod on Monday, Kevin Woodley, to talk goaltending. But um, it was interesting to see the breakdown from Mike McKenna about um, – about Matt Murray and his game one with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Like he was saying, I'm watching this. And a lot of what I'm seeing is the same thing from the same guy in Ottawa. Yeah. Well, it, it almost looked like he went back a little old school and what he was doing in Pittsburgh. 
And I'm not, because uh, that wouldn't be a bad thing. Well, or er, er, are you talking yeah. good pit or bad, bad pit? Yeah, bad pit uh, near the oh. end of the pit. So, yeah. Um, Cause well, the games changed so much in how goalies play. Like it's, it was interesting to, you know, I actually had Mike on my radio show and you know, the goalies, how they break down the position. It's just different because most of us don't really understand uh, a lot of the, uh, the technicalities of the goaltending position. And so, you know, a lot of times when we see goals, it was, was kind of like the Jack Campbell goal. A lot of people are like, oh, that's a terrible goal. And I was like, geez, I really thought it was a pretty good shot by by Miller. Like, guys nowadays... The line is so thin. Yeah. like you're Between really good shot and bad goaltending. Yeah, like inside the top of the circle now for good shooters, they can... And the goalie basically says, here's two inches. If you hit it, you score. Well, not many, it's hard to hit that two inches when you're flying, and I thought but, Miller did. So, yeah, so contrast uh, the that goal from Jack Campbell by JT Miller to the one from distance that Matt Murray also allowed. Um, those two goals were probably from the same distance, and yet McKenna saw the one that Campbell let in as a good goal and the one that Murray let in as a bad goal. Yeah, based on positioning from the goaltender. Correct. And so I, I'm, I'm not, I don't know enough and I'm not nuanced enough and I would never pretend to be nuanced enough to know the difference. I'm sitting there in my chair going, oh, that's two goals from distance. Neither one is good. Yeah, because I think, well, it's funny that you say that because nowadays people think a goal from distance automatically means it's a terrible goal. And I, I don't know if that's the case with, with today's shooter. Like, you know, because Miller shot inside the dot, inside the top of the circle. Like that's uh, by, uh, and I'd have to talk to Mike Kelly at Sport Logic, but I'm pretty sure Miller's shot is going to be considered a shot from the slot. You're a shot from the slot. That's the most high danger area to shoot from, right? Like there's obviously the inner slot, and then there's the slot. But I'm the slot sure. would be the slot would be sir, uh, face off circle and in meaning like the actual dot. You'd have to be inside of that dot. With wise. Okay. Well, Miller might've been just out of it, but I thought that was a pretty good shot. But yeah. um, to me, the biggest overreaction I saw from fan base, and I understand why, because there's a lot of expectations, the Minnesota wild getting pumped seven to three by the New York Rangers. And um, I was seeing online and wild fans were just, well, they were wild uh, after that one. And, and I get it. It's, you know, it's an opening game mm-hmm. of the season and you know, you're, you're excited. Your team's back and there's, there's lots of hype. It's at home. And you get lit up by seven, right? Uh, seven goals. So I, I can, I understand the initial overreaction, but I think Wild fans, I, I would say, <clears throat> now you've woken up today, calm down. Your team's going to be fine. I, I don't think that uh, the Flower's going to be getting lit up by seven. I don't think that they're going to be, like that Capo Caco goal, if you watch it, <clears throat> it was like, yeah, okay, good goal by Capo Caco in one sense, but the Minnesota Wild, to, to allow him to just, you know, log the puck around the zone for 15 seconds like that, that's, that's I don't know if their team defense was um, in tip-top shape. Yeah, it is. It was interesting to see the reaction on social media because that was a big one. Like, it was like, like, I think even the Wild social media account was like, hey, it's only one game. Like, like everyone's acknowledging, like, hey, everyone's mad. Yeah. Man. Well, and the other one is not overreaction, but because I thought the one team, Frank, that was maybe the most overhyped going into the season, and I understand all the excitement to it, but when I looked at the defense core of the Ottawa Senators, I was like, I'm not sure, man. And you know what? Uh, game one, they, they gave up four, which, you know, it's not terrible, but 
I, uh, I, I think Ottawa, having watched it firsthand for years, you can have all the good forwards you want. If you do not have solid defending in today's NHL, it's just, it's hard to win. You have to score, of course, but you're going to give up a lot. And I think Ottawa is going to give up a lot. Just as a general commentary on preseason and the way that it unfolds with expectations and predictions and everything else that comes with it, what you said I think is is okay. I don't know. Like, the people running the Ottawa Senators don't know. The experts don't know. Like, there is, like, there's so much to happen in this season. 82-game season... Jay, honestly, I truly believe this, that there are six to eight teams every year, like three good and three bad at least, that have a jaw-dropping season in terms of wildly exceeding or or being under their expectations. It, this is the most unpredictable sport. And I, I, I mean, the bravado, I think that comes out of the preseason kind of cracks me up. It's like, no one knows. That's the truth. If, if we all knew, we'd be rich. Yeah, no, that's, that's fair. Like there are, like, I understand that, you know, you added to Brinkat and you had a lot of exciting pieces and their, their younger players are a year older. And so I, I understand all the reason for belief and hope, because if you have no hope, what's the point? But the, the truth is, even though the NHL last year offense went up, it's still ultimately, you've got to be able to defend. And it's even for young forwards, like it's hard to learn how to defend properly. Ottawa, I think is going to score a lot. But I, I just think they're going to give up more too they're, often. They're going to be a threat at both ends of the ice. Yeah. That's the truth. And, and that, you know what? That's going to make for a really fun team to watch. Yeah. Uh, you, oh, hey, they, they will be entertaining. Uh, there's no question about that. They will be uh, highly, highly entertaining. Um, I do <laughs> want to get to a reaction because the one team, well, there was a lot of expectations in Ottawa. There, like, I'm not sure there is a fan base, and I and I respect Philly fans because uh, they wear their heart on their sleeve, and they're they're not overly empathetic at times. Most people thought the Flyers were just going to cater. I know it's only one game, but man, for John Tortorella and the Flyers to get a win on home ice in their first game, that's uh, you know that, that's going to give them a little bit of breathing room in in a market that I think could be rather hot this season. I don't think so. I it's just one game. I don't think anyone's overly excited. I think if anything, they're listening to the coach. Like he gave some really honest interviews this week and said, they're not even close. Yeah. The question that was asked to him in one of the interviews, can you name something that your team is really good at that you can hang your hat on as an identity? And he said, no, <laughs> like point blank just answered no. Yeah. And uh, what's interesting about the flyers and, and sort of their, um, I guess you'd call it messaging is like, they've totally, like instead of talking before about like, Hey, let you remember a year ago we had Chuck Fletcher on the pod and it was about like turning things around and, and making this team a contender again. And, and all that talk, like there's none of that. Now they, they're, they're hyping that they have 10 players in their lineup that are under 25. That's what they're talking about. Yeah, so well, it's a rebuild. Yeah. There's no question about it. In my right. But those guys, those, those are the, the five guys that scored were all 25 and under. Yeah. So that's what that's what's going to be their messaging this season is look at these guys. This is where we're heading. You know, he, John Tortorella like flat out came out and said, like, we have a lack of talent. 
That's definitely a lack of proven talent. I think that's fair for sure. So um, on the on the negative side, the the injury bug uh, bites quickly. Matheson's out uh, two months for the uh, Montreal Canadiens. Patrick Laine uh, scores, and then he's out uh, three weeks, uh, three to four weeks for the uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets. And um, you know, for a team, Frank, that. People felt like, hey, if Columbus is going to have a chance, they're going to need to be led by their two big guns. And, you know, Patrick Liney doesn't even get 40 minutes, unfortunately, for uh, for Columbus. And and he's out. And, you know, injuries, we talk about those three teams you mentioned earlier, some good, some bad. In some cases, injuries can completely derail it. I'm not saying Columbus, you know, season's over. But that's like when you think about one of the worst guys to get hurt for a team, it would be Liney because I think there was so much riding on him and Goudreau to lead them offensively. Well, and you also think about his skill set and the injury, and it's an elbow injury. And so I, I'd imagine, at the very least, Patrick Lyon is not going to be shooting for, you know, 10 days or two weeks. So, you know, how long does it take Patrick Lyon to look like Patrick Lyon again is, is the question, right? And so, I don't know. You're right. It's That's that's one that could – not in, not a team season, but could derail, you know, half of an, an individual season. Frank, uh, the one thing, I don't know if you knew it or how many of our listeners know it, but as before the season began, I was looking at schedules from different teams, and the Arizona Coyotes schedule is absolutely awful. They start on a six-game road trip. They got spanked 6-2 in Pittsburgh in game one. Then they go home for four games. Then they have a 14-game road trip that starts. They go out east, Frank. They come back. They play a game in Vegas, then they go back to Detroit, then they come back to uh, end up uh, in Canada. Their last three games, I think, are Vancouver, Calgary, and Edmonton. So 20 of their first 24 games are on the road. You had the hashtag, suck hard for Bedard. I don't think it's going to be very difficult. Like, you look at the Coyotes here. It's they, they Just so you know, they asked for this schedule. I know. I understand, I understand that they did. It just, after watching what happened to the Islanders, who were a team that went to two consecutive conference finals, and that start just wasn't good enough. Like, home teams in the first week won 65% of their games. They went 13-7. and seven. I look at this uh, Arizona Coyotes team, and after 24 games, Frank, they'll be lucky to have five wins. I would buy that if that was a buy or sell. Yeah. Like it's, they, they have, I guess they're not, we're like, we're missing the, I don't, I don't think you're missing the point. Like they're not trying to be good. I know, but my goodness, like it's almost like they're trying really hard to be like, give us everything we can do to suck. But that's what they want. Yeah. That, they're just, like, they're, I don't they're like literally it. tanking. Yeah. Well, I don't like it. Like I, I get tanking's one thing where you don't have a good, you know, like you can't rebuild your whole team in one summer. I understand it, but a 14 game road trip, like they play two games the last week of October. Then I think they play November 2nd and 4th. And then they're gone for the entire month. Like the, I don't care who the players are. You like to be on the road and stuff, but that's, that's taking it to a new level. That's man. living out of your suitcase. Yeah. Like I worked in the oil field, Frank for, for, and I, I used to, you, you get to November freeze up would come and literally, you, I would be gone for a month straight. Now, I never stayed in one location because we did ultrasonic uh, testing for downhole drill pipe. So you'd be in one uh, rig spot for three or four days and you pack up, you move to the next one. But, but there was times where I was gone two, two and a half months straight, come home maybe for a day or two. And I was it. And I'm telling you now, I wasn't living in the, uh, you know, in the NHL 
lifestyle, but some of those camps had the greatest food I've ever had in my life as a young uh, single guy, basically buffets. But I'm telling you, it sucks. I don't care who you are, and I know they're playing. They hockey. picked this. They had to do this because yeah. their arena's not ready. Yeah. They, they've actually been dealing with what you'd call a working conditions issue that I think has kind of now gotten worked out, but the players there in training camp were really unhappy because the, the lockers in their practice facility, the locker rooms weren't finished. Yeah. Um, that I think after the first week of training camp, after looking into it on Thursday, did the training facility finally got completed, but at Arizona State University's Mullet Arena, the annex, they're building an annex connected yep. to that arena that's just for the Coyotes and the NHL facilities. It's their weight room. It's their locker room. It's all those things. And then after so the Coyotes are funding it, and then after the Coyotes leave, Arizona State gets to keep it. Um, that's the bargain for Arizona State. Um, that's on schedule, but it's not going to be completed until December. So they're playing those four games in late October, early November, and then they're going back on the road for that to be finished. It's not going to be finished for those four games. And then when they come back in December, it will be. So that that's the thought process behind the, the season, the, the, the schedule. And, and the thing is like, I kind of feel for the coyotes players in that. Yes, yes. your team is tanking. Yes. They're not trying to be competitive. Um, you, you look at the situation, they go like, we some of these guys, they, they don't feel like they're playing in the NHL. And I get that because they're playing in a college facility. Number one, number two, it's, it's temporary. Some of it, it's, it's kind of an ugly situation. If you're one of those players that has had a really proud NHL career and is now saying like, well, this, like I'm basically playing in a glorified AHL team. I don't argue with that. And to me, it's a bad look on everybody involved. Like, here's the road trip for anybody, just to understand where they go. So they will play at home two games, their four games. They finish up on the first and third against Florida and Dallas. Then they're into Washington on the fifth, Buffalo the eighth, the Islanders on the 10th, New Jersey the 12th, the Rangers the 13th. Then they fly back. They, I guess they consider they'll get home to visit their kids and wives or whatever. They have a, a road game in Vegas on the uh, 17th. Then they go back out. They're in Nashville, Carolina, Detroit, and uh, in Minnesota. Then they get the final three days of November off. Um, but I guess they go back to stay at Arizona for a day. Then they're into L.A., Vancouver, Calgary, and Edmonton. So from November 4th till December 7th, they're on the road the entire time. And I just... I'm saying it right now. I know Ty uh, and you, uh, you know, and a few others like to uh, put money on it. I would be betting the over 95% of the time against Arizona. Uh, you look at Veg Melka. He faced 53 shots in their opening game last Dude, night. Veg Melka's a- actually good. I know he's good, right? And I think that uh, Connor Ingram is not bad either. But you look at last season, Frank, in the NHL, there was 20 games total where a goalie faced 50 shots. We already saw two in the first week. Um and at Arizona, their goal is going to be facing forty shots tonight. It, I think it's going to. I think it's going to be uglier than even the two thousand seventeen Colorado Avalanche. So, Tyler Uremchuk, one of his big things was last year. It's never a bad day to make money off of the Arizona Coyotes. That's like if you just play the odds and play the math. Like even if you're laying some some big numbers to start or throughout the year, they're more likely to lose than not. 
Yeah. Like it, I just, I kind of find it somewhat laughable in a pro league that you have a team at such a massive disadvantage and uh, not even trying to, uh, to win. It's kind of like the play calling of Chicago bears. It's like, Hey, Justin Fields, whatever we do, let's not try to have them have success. Like, so anywho, um, a few other uh, things to, to look at around the, uh, the league, Frank, um, Connor McDavid, uh, his first four point game on opening night, he had a hat trick, uh, had four points, Breaking news, Connor McDavid's still good. Yeah, he's that's the thing, Frank. I think we maybe forget that he, this guy averaged over two points a game in the playoffs. Um, I didn't forget that. I almost put him on my Con Smythe ballot, and his team only won eight games. Yeah, no, I meant for this season. Um, I, I thought of it all year long. I was like, if he plays anywhere close, he did to the playoffs. Like he's he he might touch. He might get close to two hundred points. You think he can give me that much? No, I, I'm, I'm saying if think. he played the way that he no. did in the playoffs, you can't, that's the thing. You can't keep it going for 82 games, but that's the level that he was at with the compete level around the entire sport rising in the playoffs for him to get there playing against players at their best. If that's how he played for a full 82 game stretch, he could get to 200 points. Do you think 140 is realistic? I think 150 is realistic. Yeah. Think about last year and the swoon that he had. And uh, like, I call it a swoon because like he only averaged one point per game during that stretch, but he had a, a run where I think he had 26 points in 25 games. Mm-hmm. And that's all it was. That was a quarter of the season. Yeah. You, you, if, you took, guys, if you took, if you took that and, and added that. even seven points to last year, He's, he's what over, he's over 130, right? Yeah, I had 123. Yeah. So like, okay. You add seven to that, to, like 130. I, I think it's, I think it's totally reasonable. And do you expect the trend of goal scoring across the league that went up last year to continue? Or do we see it diminish again? I would say it diminishes just a tick. It was 6.28 goals per game last year. My guess is it's probably around 6.1. Okay. There's no rhyme or reason to it. No one has an explanation for it, and no one knows why it increased by 0.3 last year. I'd really like to dig into it. I I honestly believe that the fact that more players have skills coaches now in the offseason is playing a big factor. Like the, the good players, when they have those openings, they're finishing them more than they used to in the past. Because a lot of guys, I, I, I smell, I smell a Jason Greger column on Oilers Nation. Yeah, wow. I do actually have a, around the NHL. It's going to come out on Daily Faceoff later. That uh, just has some interesting tidbits of the week. So we'll do it every Friday. So um, that will be uh, coming out. And uh, you know, little things like Connor McDavid. Did you know, Frank? Connor McDavid had five giveaways in his first game. He never had five in any other game in his career. That was game four hundred and forty-eight. Uh, last season, the most he ever had in a game was three. And uh, he still had five. He still had four points. It was um, it was an odd game, very sloppy. You talked about the preseason. Uh, that's what that Edmonton Vancouver game was from Edmonton's perspective, uh, anyway. But I, I Connor McDavid. I just watching opening night. I'm like, man, I don't think like I think 140 points. As crazy as it sounds, because very few guys do it in the history of the game, and uh, no one's done it since '96. I actually think it's it's very realistic for him. He and the other thing is though. Do you think McDavid can have a legitimate run for something he's never really had a legitimate run for 
and that's the uh, the Maurice Richard. I don't see that. I, I just don't see Austin Matthews slowing down. Like I, I don't know that Connor McDavid will ever be at, you know, Matthews level goal scoring rate. No, like he, he's fair. at that's like point, he's at like point eight four points or goals per game. I just McDavid's not going to get. I do think he'll hit fifty for the first time in his career, and I and I think that's an actual challenge for him. Like I think he's looked at goal scoring as one way that he could improve. Give me your thoughts quickly on uh, Matt Beneers and uh, what he did late last season when he played and, uh, you know, scored for Seattle early on. Like, I, I wonder if Matt Beneers, um, like, it's very interesting. You look at Matt Beneers and Shane Wright's a healthy scratch in his second game after only playing six minutes in the first game, Frank. I, I think it's only a matter of time before Shane Wright goes back to junior, as he should. Mm-hmm. But uh, how good can Matty Beneers be? Is there anybody he reminds you of? He's just so smart. Like, I... I I don't like throwing comparisons out there, so um, I won't. Just stylistic. I I don't have one. I think he's a unique guy. He's got a, a touch of a few different guys. Yeah, no, he, he reminds me a little bit of Patrick Kane. Really heady player, shifty. The one thing he did, did I watched with Patrick Kane, Patrick Kane never gets hit, right? Like if, if there's if there's one thing that that Hughes and Zegras are going to want to watch film on, it's Patrick Kane because he had the puck on his stick all the time and he rarely got hit. And those guys have gotten hit probably harder than they want earlier in their career. Maddie Beniers obviously has played fewer games, but the one thing I see from him, Frank, is. He, he's rarely, he's not in position to get hit. He's obviously, he's played fewer games. I understand that. So maybe it's premature, but that's the one thing I see from him that reminds me of Kane was guys want to hit Kane. They just can't. I I see a little Matt Barzell. Fair point too. Yep. I also see with his intelligence and this is the reason why I didn't want to make the comparison. I see a little bit of Patrice Bergeron. Hmm. Oof. Well, if he could be that well-rounded of a player, oh my goodness, Trees Bergeron is that guy. That guy's going to Hall of Fame, no question. When his career's over, oh, really? He's going in now. He, I'm, they should honestly rename the Selkie for him. With all due respect to Frank J. Selkie. Yeah, no, I know. When you win it that many times, like I'm sorry, it, it becomes your award. Yeah. Well, there's a few awards I could have changed, but uh, they they never have. Uh, let I me mean, bring in that. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, that's five. How many more does he need to win? Bob Ganey won the first four in a row, and the award was created for him. That's five. I, I wouldn't be shocked to see him win a sixth. Like, honestly, last year, I've said this before, it was Patrice Bergeron's best career year, which is amazing. No, no, last year's numbers were off the charts for him. There's a, there's... What about the check line to start? What do you think of the check line? I don't mind it at all. I want to see Tyler Ramchuk eat cat food. This is my motivation for the year. Like I am cheering for the Bruins because I want Tyler Ramchuk to eat cat food. How much cat food does he have to eat? He's got to eat the whole tin. Where? When did you get involved in this, Saravali? This is an Oilers Nation everyday bit. Uh, but I was I was on during the segment when you said it. That's how I got involved. And also, you said the other day that if they make the playoffs, I said I'd eat cat food. I said if they win the division. No, I think you said oh, we're going to need to rewind you the tape here. I think you said if they make the playoffs, I will <laughs> eat cat food. I'm not. Oh. I'm. I'm dumb, but I'm not that stupid. 
And and but so what? Uh, yeah. Anyway, I was oh. gonna say, oh, what is the requirement here? Like spoonful or like, like one of those mini small cantons, probably. Yeah, that's what I'd be shooting for. Like oh, and people have eaten it before. Like yeah, like I'm sure it'd be gross, but oh, that would be like cats in general are gross, and I'm sorry to anyone that has one. Like wow. they just gross me out. Unless they're farm cats, Frank. Tell you right now, a good mouser's legit, but. Uh, Cats, a good right. mouser. Sorry, I'm not a farm guy. Obviously, what is a farm cat, and it all it does is chase ma- mice. Well, a good mouser is it, you know, at the farm, of course. When you know, in your in your in the old school, not the aluminum ones, but when you have your grain bin and it's made of wood, usually over time, you know, the the mice would find a way to dig into it. So you need a good mouser that goes in there and just eradicates all the mice, right? And and the, and the and the thing is, very few cats are good mousers. Most of them are kind of too lazy. Some of them will play with it, and they, they don't know how to finish it off, right? Oh. But um, but we had a cat. Her name was Fluffy, and I'll tell you right now, Fluffy was like the – and we had lots of cats over the years at the farm, and none compared to Fluffy. Like, she was a legendary mouser. And the great part was – after every kill, she would kind of like to like to bring it down to the edge of the garage, not in the yard, but on the other side of the fence, just to show you, hey, here's another one. It was like she kept track of them. It was money. That's gross. No, 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 no. Trust me. Like uh, mice. Can the first, gross. you want to hear something gross relating to mice? The first uh, apartment I ever lived in, uh, I went to, you know, look in one of the cabinets shortly after moving. And there was, um, it was a dead mice graveyard. There was like 45 dead mice, but it's not just like dead oh, mice. They had, on. they had rotted out to the point where it was just yeah. their skeletons and the yeah. little bones. And that it was, was like, cupboard? it was in a cupboard. I would have moved immediately. Dude, like, I, it you, was so gross. Did you disinfect it? I, 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 I just paid someone like, I'm like, whatever you need to do here. Like, I, I don't, that's, I don't that's care. Awful. That yeah. is awful. Yeah. We had once that we had a mouse and she gave, she had like a, a, a litter of mice. And so I had the mice trap all over. And one of my roommates who's like a six foot two guy, pretty big. And so the mouse, when it was in, so we, you know, it was a, a bungalow. And his, you know, back in the old school house where there's two rooms at the end of the hallway, mine was on one side, his was on the other. And so the one of the last mice was in his room and, and we saw it go into his closet. I'm like, okay, we'll get it out. He's standing in the, uh, I go into the closet. I flush the mouse out. It comes by, it runs over his foot. He screamed like a, a six-year-old girl, ran down the hallway and almost ran over our female uh, uh, roommate, Terry, who lived in the basement, like literally like shoulder checked her against the wall. I'm like, what are you doing? It was like Costanza when there was the fire, right? You know, and he's just running out of the room. And and then, so I set the trap and we got the mouse. He got up in the morning. He saw the mouse trap. He couldn't take the mouse out. He's like, well, you're a farm guy. I can't do that. And I was just like, city people are scared of mice. I was blown away. Yeah, I, don't, I definitely do not like mice. Uh, Tyler, do you like mice? I mean, I'd prefer to avoid them. Uh, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> but you could empty a mouse trap. Could, do you even yeah, know how to I set a mouse trap? I could empty a mouse trap. Okay. Would you wear a glove to do it? Like if that if that were to happen in my house, I would like go and get a hockey glove and like pick it up. A hockey glove. Yeah. Well, I don't. Probably. Yeah, or a gardening. You don't glove even have something. a pair of work gloves, do you, Frank? I don't think so. <laughs> I don't do any work at my house. T- 
Tyler, do you have a pair of work gloves? Oh yeah, I have a pair of work gloves. I have a whole like okay. bin of them that are just grab a couple out. But when I gotta I first... protect these keyboard hands, man. These oh, are these are the yeah, money you makers. Have, you do have soft hands for sure. Like if we all of a sudden I got you to come and do fencing for an hour, you would have calluses all fencing? over. Fencing? Yeah, no chance. Like dude, paying someone for that. Like so, you don't know how to like nail a staple into a fence on a bar bar fence? No. Like, into the post? You couldn't no. do that. No. Dude, oh, be, my family makes videos. fun of me. I am the most helpless human being when it comes to anything maintenance. Oh, those are the videos that people I'd like to see is how many people, let's just stick a nail into a board and see how many hammers it takes to get it in. I'm, I'm blown away by how many people can't. Don't be a hammer. Nail. Like they bend it, they miss it. Like it's mind blowing to me. I, I, uh, everything in my house is very well maintained, but I pay someone. Oh, okay, that's fair. Ty, if I give you a hammer and a nail, are you hitting it? Oh, yeah, I'll hit it. I'm not, like, the most handy person out there, but I like doing that kind of stuff, so I, I like to think I'm slowly improving. Dude, I think about, like, getting someone to come over and put up my Christmas lights. Oh, like, they have people in my neighborhood, like, it's like you see signs all the time, like, we will put up, put up your Christmas lights. Oh, Frank, you know what you got to get, man? I got it a few years ago. I got a story of lighting. It's the greatest thing ever. So you, you do have someone that puts up your lights. No, 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 no. My lights are up year round. They're what? in the faucets. Oh, I'll show you a picture. I'll take a picture of my house. You will see it. It's unreal, Frank. It's under the faucet. You don't see it. So they're, they're never like, you know how you have your Christmas lights and, and you can tell the neighbor who never takes their Christmas lights down. They're over the top of their eaves trough and they're sitting Yeah, there. and they hang. They got the yeah, icicles the that hang down. You're like, no, you no. lazy prick. Get out there yeah, and get it. Yeah. Not, none of these. These are one-time installment. They're year-round. You got an app on your phone. So let's say, Frank, when you're if the Phillies were playing right now. So for Halloween, playing, like, will you put orange up? Yeah, orange and black, 100%. And you can make it so it has a ghost, so it, like, moves across the lighting. So it'll be orange, and then a black trail comes around, and it goes around. Okay, all right. Now, here's the real question. What did this cost you? Uh, I think it cost, like, four grand. See, four grand is a lot. Yeah, but it's for, for permanent ever. lighting. So it's what happens ever. if like there's a storm and they fall down? They don't, no, Frank, they're, they're, <laughs> they don't fall down. They're screwed in. Oh. They're, they're, yeah, they're installed. They're screwed in, right? Now, I did mine because my house is on a corner, so mine's more expensive because I had to do front and back, right? Because oh. people walk around the back. If you just did the front, it would be half the price. I kind of like this. I, I'm into this. Dude, I'll send you a, I'll send yeah. you a picture. I wonder if there's someone near me that does this. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I'll talk to Nick. I'm pretty sure. I know they do it in, in, in the States in certain areas. I'm not sure if they do it in Philly, but uh, maybe he'll make a trip. Trust Sounds me. Once you awesome. have it, Frank, because I actually had one of my friends, uh, unfortunately, their dad fell off the roof and died putting his Christmas lights on oh many God. years ago. So, um, you know, Rooster. Dude, I he died he, putting up Christmas lights? Yeah, he fell off the roof. That'll suck the joy out of the season. But I know it's awful. <laughs> um, so that's what? why. I'm, and true, I have a metal roof. So I had to go up there once and shovel the snow off. And Dude, I this is some of the off. best tangent we've ever gone on mice and Christmas lights. Yeah. But I'm telling you the Christmas lights, you wait till you see the picture, Frank, and you can do it like year round. Right. And, and I can make pot lights. And so I can make what, cause there's every sixth light now is a pot light. That's what I'll make a pot. So it just looks like you have pot lights on your house now in the, uh, in the non uh, like Christmas season or something. So it's great. And they're I'm, LEDs. I'm, I'm, I'm horny for this. I like it. Oh yeah. Yeah. You will be for sure. 
It's an underused word. Well, let's uh, get to uh, Tyler Ramchuk. Yeah, he's always horny for buy or sell. Yes, I am. Always horny for some DoorDash as well. I know I'll be ordering some delivery. Promo code GAMEDAY25 gets you 25% off and no delivery fees on your first order. That was a full-on because I wrote down when I turned on my camera for buy or sell. That was like a nine-minute tangent you guys went on of mainly just nonsense. But I'm here to get it back on the rails with buy or sell. You guys talked about McDavid and how he, you know, maybe pushes for the Rocket Richard this year. I don't. I kind of agree that Matthews will win it, but McDavid top three in goal scoring this year. Buy or sell on that, Jason? Well, he has the fourth most goals the last five years in the league combined, behind Ovechkin, Drysaddle, and then Matthews. So, yeah, I think he, I think he can be a top three for sure. I will buy. I will sell. All right. He has it like. I, I fully believe clearly in the conversation we had that he can get there, yeah. but his career high is 44. And I don't think 44 is cutting it to get into the top three. If even if he gets to 50, there's no guarantee that he gets into the top three. Fair enough. Uh, one piece of news you guys did not discuss yet is the Travis Sanheim extension out in Philly, 6.25 million for the 26 year old D man. I'm going to go ahead and say, I think he should have, I don't think he should have signed it. I think with the cap going up, this deal is an underpay. Buy or sell, Frank? Sell. He's not the world's most offensive defenseman. Like, he's a pretty balanced guy. He's got compete. He can be physical. Um, Spent a lot of time watching Travis Sanheim. Actually went to Calgary twice to see him play when the Flyers picked him. Um, I think he's a solid NHL defenseman, and I think at, at best moving forward, He's not going to be much more than a $6.25 million player, even if the cap's going up a lot. And so he puts $50 million bucks in his pocket. I think it's a good deal for both sides. Yeah, I will I will sell as well. I don't, I don't think it was a, an underpay. Um, he's getting paid the same amount of money as Uyghur in, uh, in Florida, and uh, Uyghur puts up more points. And I know that it's not just about points, but uh, that's usually the guys you put up points as a D-man, you get paid more. And, Uyghur's a couple years older. Yeah. but Yeah, no, that's true. But, you know, like Sanheim, what I think is he did have the 35 points the first year in, in, in Philly. Or he's been year. pretty consistent in like the yeah, 30 to 30, 35 31. points. Yeah. I don't see him like he's not going to explode to 50 or 60. No, I don't think. Is, no, I don't. He, he puts up okay production five on five, never huge. And obviously he's not a big power play guy. So I think this is a. Uh, if anything, I think Sanheim, like I, I get why he signed this. I, I'm not sure he would have got much higher moving forward. Fair enough. Uh, you guys did a little early season overreactions. How about this? Ilya Samsonov finishes the year with more starts than Matt Murray. Buy or sell, Jason? Oh, I'm buying on that all year long. I, I thought this was that, one of my predictions. Yeah, this is uh, Frankie's all over the uh, and hey, uh, Samsonov, very happy, right? I uh, loved his uh, post game interview last night. So love that. Yeah, I think so for sure. When you compare, and I know it's only one game, but. Talking to guys who know the position way more than me, some of the technical deficiencies in Murray's game, I don't know if it's easily fixable right away. It's going to take a long time. So in the meantime, uh, Sam is going to get more starts. Yeah, I think he, he it might end up being like a 50-30 in favor of him. Fair enough. And you're obviously buying too, Frank. Yeah, I'm buying. Yeah, I think. I don't know that it it's quite going to be 50 30 it depends on how i guess really poorly mary plays like if he is playing poorly it could be 30 it could be less than that um i don't think like i don't think 
So you, you give Murray the start in game one. I don't think you let your, you give him a super long rope if he doesn't play well. Like you can't afford it. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm interested to see how it plays out. December sixth last year, that was the date of the first coach being fired when the Canucks let go of Travis Green. I'm gonna say it happens earlier than that this year. The first coach will be fired earlier than December sixth. By yourself, Frank. Just going through the potential casualties, like Lindy Ruff in New Jersey. Peter Laviolette's in the last year of his deal, and they started 0-2. Mm. If the Sens really bomb out, maybe DJ Smith. Like the list of guys that are potential casualties isn't isn't very long. Ruff's in the last year of his deal, though, right? Um, I think he is. Yes, I I just know going back to the summer, they went through like a deep dive and due diligence process on are we bringing this guy back or not, and they decided on yes. But they also brought in Andrew Brunette. I just I look at that New Jersey situation. I'm like, man, if they start like. One in nine or one in eight, two in nine, or something like that. It'll yeah, if you like, start by getting pumped by the Flyers, like where does this go from here? Yeah. Yes, if you have a, a string of games like that, the buyer side. Uh, and you, so you said December sixth. Er, you said earlier. Did you give a yeah. date or no? No, just earlier than the December sixth. Eh, I'll buy. All right, Jay. I'm gonna sell. Um, you're you're right. There's just not a lot of candidates really there's so many new coaches uh this season and even guys who came in last year you you would think that they're going to get more than you know 100 games so you know dj smith obviously i think he's the seventh longest tenured coach um but ottawa like they would really have to struggle i think for for him to let go uh early on and um you know lindy ruff i guess is is another one possible but yeah i don't i don't see it i don't know if if washington you know w- would like something would have to be like really bad, I think, for it to occur. And I don't know if I see a team with a coach that's going to be that bad. So I'm going to sell. And uh, we will wrap this up with our Points Bet Canada bonus question. Frank, you said uh, last year I loved making money on the Arizona Coyotes, and I think I'm going to be doing the same this year. Uh, you mentioned that crazy start to the season six on the road, four at home, then 14 on the road. In those 24 games, how many times will the Arizona Coyotes win? How many wins in their first 24 games, Jason? Oh. Sorry, Yotes fans. I'm going to say four. Yotes fans, all three of them? Like, Oh, Jesus, Frank, come on. Come on, dude. <laughs> but like, I'm sorry. Like, there's at least 5,000. It's going to be at least 5,000. Well, it's okay. going to be rocking. Um... You said five? I said four. They'll probably have a few OT losses, but wins, four. Yeah, I'll say five. I'm really going to go out on a limb there. I'm going to go a little bit higher. I'm going to say seven. Seven? I think at some point they go and like rip off two or three in a row, you know? Um, remember last year? What, we what's having- your faith basis for that? Like, if you were to say, like, here's the blueprint, like, what is it? 
Uh, at home, I think they'll win a couple of those. I don't think they'll go and, and lose every game at the Mullet Arena. Um, and then, I don't know, there's a few matchups mixed in there. Like, they got one against, uh, they got one coming up against Ottawa on a Saturday afternoon. You know, maybe you can stun the Sens there. Um, they play Buffalo. Could be Buffalo, I think. There's a couple. Vancouver, you could be Vancouver. It's also the NHL, a surprising result here and there. I don't know. I think they can get to seven. You can beat They Montreal. started, what, 0-8 oh last year? Yeah, yeah, remember we were having these conversations of like, could they only get 10 wins this year? And then they ended up like ripping off a few. So I just, I don't know, I want to give the Coyotes and their fans a little bit of a little bit more no. credit. The funny yeah, thing they is finished with 25 last year. Yeah, no, they, they were better in the second half, yeah. no question. But if you look at... They were hungry. They were scrappy. Their four home the games game. are against Florida, Dallas, the Rangers, and Winnipeg. Like, the, now the Jets, obviously, the only team that didn't make the playoffs last year. Those other three teams are good. So that's... You're at home, great, but you're also coming home, and most players will tell you that first home game after a long road trip, um, and that's the one against the Jets. So I don't know, man. Like it's, I'm going to that game. Yeah, I'm going out should, to Arizona yeah. for the, the first. Atmosphere will be. I think the atmosphere will be great. That part will be good, but the wear and tear on being on the road that yeah. long, it's going to wear the gown. And like Pittsburgh, absolutely demolished them last night. Right? Like I, I was watching bits of that game, and I'm like, oof. Like, it was not pretty five on five. Not pretty at all. Yeah, not great. All right, uh, that's going to be a wrap on this week's edition of Buyersell. As always, delivered by our friends at DoorDash. Ding dong. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Oh, there we go. Hey, Frank, did you deliver that uh, Phillies hat to Ty? I did not. The he oh. the Phillies are his NL team. Mm, there you go. I like it. Love to like see it. it. So I'm just betting on them. They're not really my NL team. Who is your NL? Every I feel like everyone has a team from the other league that your team is in. The Giants Who is were your... always my team because the Jays were brutal those years. I was a young kid. You could knew you could always rely on them to win playoff games and watch playoff baseball. So the Giants. Tim Lincecum. I got a Tim Lincecum. I was going to say it's wacky how young you are because like you're thinking. Tim, the Tim Lincecum years. That's exactly what I was going to say. Yes. 
Yeah, if I had an NL team that I uh, would root for, it was always, I always liked the Brewers. They were never that good. But man, I remember Paul Molitor and Robin Yount those years, man. I'll take them. I always thought, and Panthers I GM like, Bill Zito approves of this answer. I always like, uh, I don't know, like Milwaukee's, you know, they're, they're the underdog, small market team. I also uh, love their, uh, their home run celebration. I love their ballpark. I went to their ballpark this year for the first time and I loved it. It looks good. I've never been. It's a, it's amazing. It looks good. And I just, I like Milwaukee. Like it's a nice little town and it's, it seems like a really nice place to live. And although uh, they seem to have uh, a weird connection with uh, killers there. I don't know what the deal is. Have you watched the Jeffrey Dahmer special? Uh, No, but can I just say one thing? I haven't watched it. But I'm surprised people's comment. Jeez, I can't believe how disgusting and gross it is. I'm like, did you not know what he did? Like, dude, let me tell you this. I could barely get through one episode. And and here's why I actually tuned in anyway. A really good buddy of mine is a funeral director and has seen and done everything. Like he's the embalmer, he's the makeup guy, he's seen gruesome murders, like disgusting, disgusting stuff. And he said to me, and he laughs about all of it. He said to me, he had to turn the show off after three episodes because he couldn't stomach it. And I was like, dude, if you are messed up by this, I have to watch this. And I watched the first episode and I was like, that was a mistake. (laughs) Well, yeah, the guy is, I know some people always want to get into the mind of a a serial killer like that. And I'm kind of like, no, like the the stuff he thinks of and- and I, I remember reading about it at the time, and you know, there was a really graphic article. Like, I might have been in the New York Times, maybe many years ago. And I remember reading, and I was just, and this was no visual, so I could see the visuals now. And you're just like, what kind of like? You're not even a human being at that point, dude. I don't think. No, there was one scene, and I can't get it out of my head. He grabs the guy that he's about to kill or trying to kill, and he goes, he puts his head on his chest, and the guy says to him, what are you doing? And he said, I'm listening to your heart because I'm going to eat it soon. And I was just like, oh, my God. It's, dude, I think think everyone should watch one episode. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah, maybe. This has been a weird, speaking of episode, this has been a weird one. I love it. Why don't you watch all the episodes and then tell me which one I should watch? I'm telling you, watch the first one because you like. I want to see which way you go after that. Are you in or are you out? Okay, well, any of our uh, listeners, let me know. Is Dahmer worth watching as much as Frank says? Uh, Hit us up on Twitter at Frank Saravalli at Jason Greger. Uh, Let me know. Is it something I should watch? So. I will be watching uh, lots of games this weekend, Frank. Um, I love rivalry games. Uh, sadly, there's only one. Uh, there was only three, actually, this year, Edmonton-Calgary. But it comes uh, tomorrow night, and the uh, the Flames look pretty good against uh, Colorado, although the Avs playing back-to-back from Colorado to Calgary. That's a tough back-to-back, I will say, for the defending champs. who uh, Whose special teams, how about this? Colorado, 50% on the power play, 50% on the penalty kill. 5 of 10 on the PP, and they allowed... Uh, four uh, power play goals on eight chances. So their special teams has been entertaining so far in Colorado. Yeah. And pretty good debut for Huberto. Uh, Matthew Kachuk, pretty good in Florida helps ice the win on long Island. Uh, two battle of Alberta's points? in the first three weekends. Is that right? Twice. Yes. Two of them. They, after October 29th, they play each other once the rest. Yeah, of the I kind of like that. Cause then you're, 
you don't know what you're going to get heading into a postseason when they're probably really likely to play each other again. Yeah, maybe. Quickly, who do you think ends up with more points this year, Huberto or Kachuk? Points, Huberto. And you'll say goals, Kachuk. Yeah, that's probably pretty Mm -hmm. easy. Frank? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Have a great weekend. Uh, we will uh, see what happens. And uh, we're going to be talking lots of goaltending on Monday. And I'm going to be thinking Phillies playoff baseball at home. First home game in 11 years today. Are you going? Be- yes. Oof. All right. Pace yourself. Pace yourself. Yeah. Thanks for listening to the DFO Rundown with Saravali and Gregor. Keep it locked on dailyfaceoff.com and subscribe wherever you get your podcast from to never miss an episode. Delivered by DoorDash. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.